Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that broadcasts live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. Let's now talk about the insecurity that we've been talking about in the North Rift. So the government said we're going to do something. The CS for the interior said we're going to do something. The CS for the interior has gone there and said we are actually going to do something. The president has said we we shall do something. Now the president has said let's deploy the military. The military is being deployed. We want to have that conversation. Joining us in the studio is a member of parliament for uh, Turkana West, the Honorable Daniel Nanok, and a security expert, Dominic Wabala. Washimu Nanok, good morning. Morning to you, Latish. Welcome to the big conversation this week. Thank you. Safi, Dominic Wabala, good morning. Good morning to you. Welcome to the situation. Thank you. Dominic, you are a security expert. What does that mean? I think having, having some knowledge or knowledge mm. of uh, security issues, mm. uh, and, and trying to unravel what is troubling uh, in matters of security, mm. uh, assuming that uh, you have a solution to what is going on. Mm. Yeah, that is my understanding. Okay. Yeah. Not participating in insecurity. Not participating in security. <laughs> of course, of course, not participating in security. <laughs> but understanding why uh, the term insecurity is being used, mm. and it's it's. Uh, it's a very wide uh, subject that uh, you can't pinpoint. Karibu mm. yeah. sana. Mm. You know, there are those who actually major and qualify to the point of having doctoral qualifications in security services, meaning they've studied it academically, mm. so they understand it. And then there are those who we refer to, we reference them as people in the security sector. And the reference, the gentleman who was here before you was somebody who is a, secu- a secretary general of the private uh, security uh, organizations of this union, like, union of mm. this country. People in the police service, same people in the armed forces, GSU, all these. I find this puzzling. Whenever you ask and you say somebody is a security expert, I'm, I'm actually building up on what Eric asked. So what is it that one does in order to become an analyst, a consultant, an expert in security matters? When, uh, when you dedicate your life and time to issue security, analyzing, understanding, mm. and uh, trying to, to, to understand uh, the intricacies of uh, security and insecurity. I have, uh, for the last 25 years, been uh, a journalist covering matter security in the region, in Kenya, Uganda, Somali. Uh, I have been, that is what I've been doing. Mm. I believe I've also studied quite uh, some in uh, issues uh, security uh, by virtue of uh, the job that I've been doing. So when you say cover, does it mean that you've been to these war-torn areas, you've actually lived among people who are in conflict with others so that you could argue you have a first-hand experience in what it is that happens? Yes, I have. Mm. I have uh, lived in uh, areas that have uh, have been afflicted. I have uh, covered war. I have uh, interacted with the victims of war. That, that, that is my understanding. You are an expert. Mm. <laughs> yes. Sandio? No, no, no. That now. 
we can proceed. <laughs> <laughs> Vetting happened. <laughs> oh, it did. Success, successfully vetted. Yes, we can now continue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Look at what was going on yesterday and the day before that, Mushimiwa, um, when we saw cool. that the Gazette notice then had been released in terms of uh, KDF being released to the North Rift. Cool. There was a lot of hullabaloo then, thereafter, in terms of what Parliament had or had not done to allow this to happen. That notwithstanding, hmm. we've also seen that there are boots on the ground already. As of last evening, military jets had yesterday afternoon started hovering over parts of the troubled northern Rift Valley, signalling the arrival of KDF troops. The soldiers had been assigned to execute what has been described as a painful but decisive operation to rid the region of criminals behind the banditry menace. So that presence is there. It seems to be, it seems to be the first thing of this nature that has happened when it comes to the insecurity issue in the North Rift. In your opinion, is this the way to go? Uh, thank you. First and foremost, um, yeah, I saw the Gazette notice like every other Kenyan mm. and it is supposed to deal with the situation in the North or the North Rift. This is not the first time that it will happen in the North. The North has lived through these operations, not one, not two, not three. At least for this government, this is the first one. Mm. But they have been there and we've had insecurity recurring. I think it is a good idea. Maybe on my part as a representative of the people and listening to Dominic say he's an expert, I mean, he's a, he's a studied insecurity and has at least been to those places. I was born, brought up, I have lived in insecurity. Mm. Yeah. So between myself and Dominic, if you are to ask who is the expert in terms of knowing, mm. I've lived in insecurity. Mm. I used to stay awake throughout the night because there were lacking uh, raiders around the vicinity. It's that difficult. In this particular case, KDF deployment, maybe the goodwill of the government of the day to get rid of this problem because they have the president himself none other than the president himself pronounced himself to this issue of insecurity and banditry in northern kenya the minister was in my sub county or constituency early this month mm. made some pronouncement and it's continuing i hope this time round the strategy will be different mm. i hope this time round it is not the wanton rounding up of people in settlements mm. Those who are responsible for banditry, you will not see them today. They were given amnesty for three days to return, to the return their fire. I wonder if any of the any gun has been returned. Mm. Who do you think is responsible? For what? Uh, for the banditry. You're saying those responsible, we are not going to see them. No, of course, the, these are our people. Okay? These are people who have lived in this life. There are criminal elements like any other place which can have criminals. Mm. But these ones have decided to use the gun to steal livestock, okay? So, so the, the, but this is a whole trade. The one who goes to raid, the one who buys the raided animals, yeah? As, 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 as uh, Natembea put it, it's a whole chain. So you're only dealing chain. with one, the bandit. Mm. But how will you know that this is a bandit? I am sure these guys have already dissipated themselves into the community. So the community knows them? Assuming, yes, some of them definitely will be known, but the way they will be flushed out, maybe that is where we need uh, we need intelligence. Do you think the community is willing to give them up? It all depends on the approach. I don't think, like in my county, I don't think the Turkanas will be ready to harbor these people. They have suffered for so long. Mm. 
But well, they should be able to give them up. Let's let's talk practically. Yeah. The people of Turkana West, right? Yes. Have been victims of these attacks. Yes. Of course they have not been attacked by their own neighbors. Not the people within the community. Yes. Right? Yes. It's people from outside the community. True. The people from neighboring communities have probably been attacked by people from your community. Mm -hmm. So the people from your community are not victims of their own people. They no. Are victims in, of, in my particular constituency, no. They are, they are victims from the other From side. across the country, from, from South Sudan. So the question Uganda. I'm asking mm. is, would the people in your community who know these guys are the ones who go and raid on the other side, would they give them up and say, we know these people, they are involved in, it's only that they don't steal our cattle but we know they're involved in see latif i, I don't know what i'm getting you mm. whether you want me to say that my people can say those others or they themselves the turkana saying on the turkana yes i mean they live together if you are a raider they will know they will definitely know will they give them yeah. up how many times do they have there are people who have been caught there are people who have been reported they have done that what happens after that is what you cannot i cannot know dominic you've been you've covered this uh in in several ways you've worked at the standard group and you've covered insecurity you've covered insecurity in some of these uh, constituencies and counties when you see this deployment of you know deployment of police officers because you've seen it before then now there's deployment of the military in the area do you see it actually flashing out the real culprits i i don't think it will uh because uh like mushimia um, says the culprits have already moved i mean the misfortune is that we announce the deployment and then deploy so by the time the 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 the, the boots hit the ground the culprits have already moved but even as we say that for a long time and it has been happening we saw the the killing of, of police we've seen the killing of security officers mm. by uh culprits from both sides whether it is turkana pokot or samburu mm. wherever it is we have seen them we have seen it happening so the challenge actually is when the community looks at security forces as the enemy instead of looking at the the people or the raiders or the cattle rustlers as the enemy that is where the challenge comes in because most of the time when the, when boots are sent sent on the ground then there's hue and cry and then we'll hear there was uh, rape there was theft there was looting and all that by security agents who are supposed to provide security to uh, the community that is the challenge that we no, will normally will we'll face and will continue facing it is only until we address the issues as in the as a country we address the issues of what is really happening which is lack of resources mm. as in most of the time it is uh one group one community going in search of of uh, pasture and water and all that then there is a conflict either for the scarcity of, over the scarcity of those resources mm. or when 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 one sees uh the others uh, livestock as enticing and gets gets them that is the challenge that we'll, we'll continue facing i have to ask this question we talk of security and our mind immediately goes to disciplined forces whether they're the domestic variety that we refer to as the police or the army so i have to ask i mean when you look at security when you look at now the converse which is insecurity you grew up in it you have studied it you have given it a 360 from an academic perspective and then you it's but his is a lived experience what then would you say really forms insecurity or what would you consider security is is it an abundance of armed personnel is it an abundance of 
the army, what would constitute security? Because we've had this before. And I'm asking this because we've had insecurity in very many parts of this country. There have been flashes of it. We had this insecurity we are talking about. The northern part of this country had it in abundance. That was before we invented uh, the terrorist groups. The problems were there. The problems we now have have to do with terrorist groups. But what we had previously, there's hardly any of it. So you have to ask the question, our neighbors across Uganda has had this problem for the longest time among the Karamajong. That problem isn't quite there now. What I said it isn't quite there. It, was, it isn't what it was before. Mm -hmm. And the groups there were seriously armed. So I'm asking the question, so this security we keep talking about, what are we talking about really? I, I think we, we as a people have a problem. Mm. And uh, there was an inf was a not so enticing uh, statement made by the former president uh, Uhuru Kenyatta when he said security begins with you when you have to start doing that. Uh, why you are saying? Why, why, and, and, and I concur with you that in Uganda uh, there, has, there used to be that problem, but it has reduced significantly. Significantly. Yes. And it's because Ugandans have come up with have have always had uh, what you call. A community policing in the name of of uh, of uh, nyumbakumi and in that you need to know your neighbor and your surroundings you you must be aware of your surroundings so that when you see something that is out of the norm you are supposed to report to the lc the local leadership in uganda you are supposed to report and if, if somebody comes to assuming it's my it's my home by the way i come from busia so i've also lived partly mm. in that insecurity so that in the event that uh, you see somebody who is foreign it is your duty as a citizen as a member of the community to find out hey, by the way who are you who have you come to visit what is your business in our in our area in our neighborhood yeah mm. such that even the local leadership knows that mm. hey dominic has come to this place he, he is, is a visitor to latif mm. and he is going to stay around for this number of time of this number of days yeah and, and just that to make to make the community aware of any strange happenings that happen but we we have that is a challenge that we have as as kenyans we are not keen on our environment but is that really it because and let keep up and join uh, a question to it do the people in these far-flung areas actually consider themselves to be Kenyans, like other Kenyans, or do they think that Kenya is the other part of Kenya, which is not where they live? What do you mean? Uh, what I mean is that I've been to parts of this country where people ask you about your Kenya, and I'm in Kenya. Well, well I, I think you don't need to stretch that. That that is um, a, 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 communic a figurative uh, a statement, which is supposed to mean uh, meaning that uh, there is imbalance. Yes. Okay, we feel not taken care of like the others Th that is basically what it means but you can't say they, they, that that is a belief that they are not in kenya i am a kenyan no no, no. but in is all at the heart if if we have a situation that seems to grow and never comes to an end and people suffer for years on end they have every reason to believe that because they also know that other parts of the country don't have the problems they Can have I ask but, that question differently perhaps, yes mm. if we saw such you know movements or, uh, or or such a security situation such a situation if we saw it in nairobi for example or if we saw it in nakuru for example in your opinion do you think that by now something would have been done about it nairobi I, I'm a movement really... in nairobi in kisumu mm. in eldoret in a, yes yeah. a, a, a cattle raid yes 
Let's call it a gang. Let's call it something else. Let's a call gang. it a gang. Yeah. Gang yes, wars, for There's example. a militia that is heavily yeah, armed. Yeah, gangs in, in this city and there. And, the, and how are they handled? Mm -hmm. They're criminals. Mm -hmm. And uh, the security forces fa have their ways of dealing with those gangs. Yes. They collect intelligence. They, 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 they will follow up individuals mm -hmm. and until they nab them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But in our in the case of the, the, the bandits and the cattle rustlers, I don't think the security officers follow them in that manner. And so that is different. And it could be the difference that needs to be brought on, yeah. And and I I want I want to say, Muga, it is the guns. Presence of the guns in the north is insecurity in their own right. If there was a way of eliminating those guns from the north, you will not need to be sending the army. You will not need to be sending the police. I mean, uh, or, or or the 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 the, the, the uniformed officers, mm. who end up becoming targets actually. They, they become part of actually the conflict mm. because when they are shot at, like look at uh, the officers that were killed mm -hmm. on the highway in 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 KWS camp in mm. in Trukana South. What was their mistake? Just that they their were presence. on duty, yeah, to secure the people, their livestock or their properties, mm. and there they were, and there were those who were targeting these animals that uh, were being secured. So they are really collateral damage mm. in 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 this kind of a game. In in Nairobi here. Mm. When the police are following up, for instance, say Daniel, who is a criminal, who, whose inte intelligence is being sought uh, uh, for, the other Kenyans are busy doing their, their normal day-to-day -day businesses. Mm. But in this particular case, when now these criminals are going to be followed, do you know there will be no peace? Sure. So it will be... In uh, the region. The, everyone will be running. I, I, I just got some clip of some fellows who are responding to the curfew. Mm in Kainuk, hmm. in West Pokot, uh, Sigor. And people are literally running in because the town mm. to get to their homes. To get home before that the curfew begins. Bef before the curfew time. So it's disrupting it is very disrupting, people's lives way, and now. livelihoods. But that is where we've reached. Let's if that break. is what will bring us back to our senses, mm. we maybe that is what the president and uh, said about being a painful uh, a painful decision let's take a break this is the situation room the only way to start your day let's talk about the procedure for a bit i mean it was a big issue yesterday on how this has unfolded so the government decides we need to beef up security and security personnel in the area and they've sent police and various uh, formations of the police the gsu the anti-stock theft the rapid results initiative what are they called rapid deployment unit right uh, the regular police sent there still nothing and then they decide let's calling the big guns the military the kdf is going to be deployed there gazette notice says in accordance with the constitution and the kdf act i the cs for defense uh, Eden Duale I am announcing that the military shall be deployed from the 15th and the questions start emerging wait a minute can you deploy the military without first of all seeking the authority of parliament and then there's a clarification that comes in from the CS4 interior you know you know this one is a police-led operation that one does not really require parliament if it was a military-led operation that one would require parliament Dominic my, my take is that I, I believe that is just an excuse that we are picking up mm. uh, to criticize what uh, uh, what has been uh, done by the government. Mm -hmm. I think uh, 
it comes from uh, the leaders of that area. And, and I think, uh, without fear of ever, I'll say that leaders from that area, from the North Rift, are to blame for all that is happening. That they seem to be in cahoots with the people who are causing mayhem in that area. Who's they? Part the, of leaders. the leaders. Okay. Mm. Uh, leaders, now this one is inclusive. Church leaders, community leaders, Commit politicians, yes, youth they are. leaders, women group leaders. They, they are, be because they are the leaders of this area. Mm. I believe they know who is doing what. We have had cases like in 2018 where uh, an MCA and an MP were implicated in, in buying and arming of a particular group of, 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 of people mm. and they were, they, were, they were seized by, the, the arms were seized by the government. They, we have seen several leaders from Turkana, from Pokot being, being arrested and charged in court for banditry. Mm. And Whenever there's deployment, there's always this hue and cry. Mm. Whether it is the police, whether it is the army, we have always had that. So, Dominic, what you're saying is, this is all noise. It is all it noise. It should not matter the procedure used as long as the issue is being addressed. The duty of the government is the protection of life and property. Okay. And in political science, mm. governance is the use the use of or threat of use of coercion mm -hmm. that is what governance is does there, the government, there are no two does the government it. have a responsibility to follow procedure obey the rule of law yes it does yes it does okay absolutely does it's the reason that we have uh, the procedures laid down that this is what they are supposed to do mm -hmm. it is th that is something that they're supposed to do in this case they, 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 I think, I think the procedure they took was to, was to, to issue the gazette notice. That is as far as it, it went. But the parliament had, the parliament was taking, was, was resuming one. Yesterday, 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 yesterday yeah. itself. Mm. Was that done yesterday? That's a question. Was the gazettement after or before? Or before. But like I say, those, th those are just excuses that we are doing. If Don't think I hear you saying two things here. On one hand, you're saying. People who are complaining that the government hasn't, you know, followed procedure by then, you know, saying KDF military forces will go into the north. There's just noise because this thing needs to be rounded up. At the same time, you're saying they know who these people are. Wouldn't it be then procedurally then for government to say, if you know and I know and everybody else knows, then government surely must know. Why are they not turning out that tap? That would be to me what procedure you ought to follow. Because you also being in security, you know that the business of conflict is not cheap. You know that the weapons that we are seeing here, that uh, the CS Kindiki has said, please, we're giving you 48 hours, 72 hours amnesty to give up. The cheapest of those weapons is 40,000 shillings per piece. The most expensive going well above 200 thousand shillings it is difficult to imagine that the people who are looking for food who come to Moishimua's door looking for food are affording rifles are affording this ammunition wouldn't it then be the procedural thing to do to shut off those taps if everybody knows who these people are we, we, <laughs> this is very interesting mm -hmm. we have like uh, Mashimia says, the, the area strad is straddled by Ethiopia, is straddled by uh, Uganda and South Sudan. Areas that have had conflict. There is no control of movement of weapons. It is near impossible to think that we, you will shut as a tap that will just shut the flow of, of, of weapons. It, it's not practical. The people who fund conflict 
have not funded conflict because they didn't have anything to do. They fund conflict because of its commercial viability for them. Thank you. And that is what I am saying. If we are all saying we know, we know, then everybody knows. And that for me ought to be the next pot of call. If everybody knows, why then do you think it's not in the interest to then start to look for avenues to shut that off? I'm not saying go and turn it off, but the procedures that you can follow to make sure that it's done. We know that there have been conflicts in the war that have been fueled by individuals. We know this. So why is it so difficult in this case to get it done? And could, for me, it sounds as though we could be saying that it's not just the local leadership who is aware of what is going on, but that it goes up, it goes up much higher. Uh, yes. You know, Mishmoa seems to have something he wants to say. Mm. Oh, it's okay. I, I let uh, Dominic the, the, finish his mind trail. In security, there are things you can say and there are things you can't say. You, you, action must be taken based on available evidence. I am not, uh, I'm not in governance, so I don't know why what what I know is not being acted on. What we know as as a people is not being acted on. But we have seen several times when uh, when uh, politicians, when MPs have been charged in court, arrested and charged in court for for particular. Over, over incidents of banditry. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of us have seen that. Why that action has not been followed up to the end, it is... You know, I want to take us back mm. and I want to ask the question, what sort of ecosystem do you think enables what we are talking about to be as endemic as it is? Or what is it that makes banditry a growth industry? What is it that makes it thrive? This thing that we're discussing is a criminal enterprise. It is a criminal mm. enterprise. What exactly. it has taken to thrive is state protection. I've answered your question. Thank you. State protection. Um, that, I don't know. Maybe lad, lad, if you have or, or or lack, information. Or, or lack of political will to deal with uh, it. But that's what it is. Uh, that lack of political What is that? It's state protection. It is, according to what, what, what kind of uh, will do the police need to have to collect information, intelligence for that matter, about Daniel, who is involved in this criminal enterprise? Not much. What goodwill does he need to have? Not much. No. Actually, I can answer your question and tell you this. Huh? Mm. When we brought in the 2010 constitution, there is something we brought in with it called public participation. It's a really broad term, but it's a very nice one. Mm. So I will ask you the question. Mm -hmm. And I would ask of this, of the leaders who come from those regions, how often are you consulted when the government machinery and enterprise go about discussing things about your area? How often are you consulted? No, no unless I take myself there. Oh, precisely. Okay. So how are they talking? Unless my people have uh, asked me questions which force me to engage. So how then do you talk about planning an operation in an area when the people who grew up who represent these people are not integral to it. What are the chances of your success? Uh, this is what I want. I actually wanted to chip in. Mm. Yes, the order was uh, put out, and I hear you asking the question as to whether it was legal, legally done according to the constitution and all that. And I want to concur uh, with Dominic in what he has observed. Let us not uh, use the legal uh, excuse to hold back saving of lives, okay, in these war-torn areas. Let me let me say it's a war actually that mm. is going on mm -hmm. because lives are getting lost. Yeah. And it is the duty of government to secure lives, to secure property of Kenyans and anybody who lives in this country. Mm. So in terms of government reacting, this is not this just didn't happen. It has been ongoing. Maybe I would say, I'm not talking for government here, but I would imagine they have been following the happenings and it got to that point where they must act. Mm -hmm. 
and so they have acted. Mm-hmm. Maybe the question, Latif and team, that we should be answering here is whether we will succeed in this operation this time round. I have told you, with the presence of guns in the north, northern Kenya, and anywhere, even in Nairobi here, there are guns. Mm. Yeah, But you know, the way the policing is done for these criminals who carry guns in Nairobi seems to thwart them and thwart their efforts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the north, I don't think that uh, is being followed. I don't think the criminals are actually being identified. Mm. You keep on referring to leadership, leadership being the cause of all this. They are the ones, by the way, I'm not the only one who can afford to buy a gun mm. in Turkana. No. And I, I don't own a gun, mm. personally. The issue of this banditry being a lifeline, a business, a trade with its chain, yeah? So maybe that is what Odu you are saying, uh, close the tap, and, and you can't, you can't close, because for as long as there is someone wanting to take from another person, because they are not satisfied with what they have, mm. you will always have these problems. Mm-hmm. So government has to be alert. Oh, Muga, you've said parti- public participation, am I involved? Mm. Yes, I should. Kenyans should, but there is this statement I just said. Who give? I mean, I, we were all elected the other day, okay? But there is someone among us, the elected leaders who can consume confidential security information, mm-hmm. and another one can't. Yep. In the sub-county security committee, I don't sit in that committee, but they sit to organize security of the sub-county. And yet, you are the elected I am leader of the elected people. leader. I would expect, for God's sake, to be consulted. Hmm. because I represent the people, but, the voice of the people. I wouldn't say consulted. You should okay? be an integral part of it. Of that security uh, arrangement. Mm. But there is the fear that maybe I'm the one funding. Mm. Okay. But it can also be the, the chairman of the sub-security committee that could be funding. It's possible. So <laughs> then is it, it safe is. to say yeah? then that if, just like what you're alluding to now, because let's look at it. If there was a genuine desire, the goodwill that Dominic spoke of, if there truly was a genuine desire backed up by action, proper action, to have this situation sorted out, we would have seen it. We would have seen it. Look at uh, what they called Operation Commercial Halifu in the North Rifts. It was led by Commission of Police Joseph Limo. They recovered rifles, they recovered ammunition, stolen livestock, and they led to the arrest of perhaps the individual that you were speaking of, notorious highway robber who has for long been linked to the banditry attacks in Lorogon in Turkana County. Okay? The attacks resumed last month after that one was arrested. So, come on, it wasn't him only, isn't it? Then Major General David Tarus, he pledged to help security agencies find a lasting solution to the perennial banditry challenges experienced in the area. Last weekend, it flared up again. So this is the thing. Are we hearing declarations of things and not then declaration of intent? You know, this situation of banditry that we speak of, it's unique, it's specific, and it's in certain areas. When we had independence in the period there, immediately thereafter, there was a unit that was based in Gilgil that was set up specifically to deal with this matter. Specifically. That's true. And to be a member, yes, 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 it is there, of course. Mm. Gilgil hasn't gone anywhere. And to be able to be part of this particular unit, you needed to come from certain areas. Because they required people who had living knowledge of that sort of terrain, the culture and the ways of people. Now, you're talking about will. If this problem existed, then we knew about it. Should this unit not have been strengthened to the point where they are the ones who are deployed when you have this problem? Because it's a special problem, it requires a special, a special unit. unit now, Muga, 
let me uh, um, improve your argument. Please, in improve. terms of the, uh, the, the, the that special police unit, give it turbo. Yes, we have gone ahead as the leaders from the North North Rift and requested government to deploy, employ, or uh, recruit what we call the National Police Reservists. And these National Police Reservists are purely locals. They live the life, they know the people. What I think now needs to be done, even as ASTU, ASTU is already there and it's established, let the NPRs deal with the question of banditry in their areas because they are sons of the they soil, are locals. they are locals, they know the terrain, they are harders, okay? And let them be, be taken through all the legal requirements that will make them answerable for their actions so that they don't use the rifles that government gives them to go and raid or cause mayhem, okay? That is what we need to do for the Northern Kenya. These officers who are in the camps, police camps, any, any, any of these units, mm. they, they, they are in one particular place. The bandits are all over. They can walk 20 kilometers, 30 kilometers in a day. These bandits mm. go and strike in point A and uh, within uh, a day, they are 40 kilometers away from the point of uh, action. Mm. So those who know that are better place. So for me, one improvement, and we've had these NPRs, they are being recruited. Mm. If they can be trained, they can be given the, 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 the force orders so that they now conduct their business like any other police unit and they don't get transferred and they live amongst the community then let them now be the ones to give all the information that you need about the raiders mm. who is involved in gun running they will because mm. they live amongst the people that that would be something this operation as i see what i read if it is correct is th a 30-day operation in one month all that uh, the military the police that have been deployed will presumably be over legally but would it, would, would it have resolved this problem that has been with us for all the years you need to live there you need to be part of the life there to make this difference you need to cut it off at the head mm. yes it is true. who is running this rackets it is not those things that used to happen in the 50s or 60s where you'd say i mean it's about you know right of passage and all where youth are stealing this one isn't that or even just small band of criminals who are coming and stealing cattle and going to sell and looking for a market to sell because there is it's difficult to actually even find a market you go into a market and you have a hundred cows and the local community will not ask you hey but these cows do not look like they belong here you'll be found out there's somebody who's running this thing and that's why i talk about state protection i, I talked about uh, leadership i talked you're talking about state protection mm. and all that unsanctioned and, and, state protection and and look at mm. it this way deep state how does somebody take 200 head of cattle stolen from one community and and disappears mm. It is not possible. One, that place is very that that place is is, is dry. So two hundred head of cattle will raise raises that a lot of dust. dust. Yes. So mm. how can they disappear? Just like just that. like that. Vanish. It's not possible. They are ending up like like uh, the Tanzania government uh, governor will say they are ending up on our plates in Mombasa, in Nairobi, oh. and everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's a business for people, and it is these people that are supposed to be because they are the ones who are financing the arming of the bandits. Yes. Now we are looking at it as a community. As, as a community issue one tribe versus mm. another no. when it is an enterprise that is being funded by well protected people who are not who's, who, who the government is not taking action on if 
action was taken against these people that's it then that is we it. would not, not even be, need not to this. deploy you know the community mm -hmm. youth to become home guards mm -hmm. we don't need that mm -hmm. sniff out the person our persons who are running this racket who's financing this thing who's creating that huge demand because this is a huge demand for animals to actually end up somewhere. Who is this who's off taking the animals? Who's providing the arms? Who's providing the logistics for this thing to happen? Like you asked, Moshimu and Anok, mm. is it really difficult to, for intelligence agencies to find out this in this country? We have no. seen the work of intelligence agencies in this country. They sniff out some guy who has crossed through the border somewhere and has come and lived in a, in a community and they sniff them out. They pick that person up. Is it really difficult to pick out the people that's, who are that, financing this. That's what I'm saying, uh, Latif. Uh, yeah. in, it should be intelligence-driven interventions. We, we we just can't continue firefighting. We, we've seen this uh, fight here today and we are deploying. After a month, we are off. It should be continuous. It should be continuous. Uh, Latif, there's something I want to say. Mm. The question, like what is happening between uh, Trukana County and West Pokot? There is a simmering conflict between the two counties in terms of boundaries. Mm. It is a question that I'm told went even to the Senate mm -hmm. sometimes back. I think government needs to bring that equation into this matrix. Mm. How long has that conflict existed, Mushmiol? Well, it, it that is it's a sense of uh, it, it's been there. It has been there. Only that there are no points of ventilation. I, I don't think there has mm. been a discussion touching on this question. On how to address the it. Boundary, yes, the boundary between the Turkana and the Pokot of West Pokot mm. and Baringo. And Baringo, The yes. Carpedo problem. Yes. yes, That's a big Does one Does Carpedo well. belong to Turkana County in, or, or it belongs to Baringo <laughs> County? How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.